Alright, I'll be lahm nishe tanji bismillahirrahmanirrahim wa masri ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sallam tasliman. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman podcast, season five, our opening season premiere. I'm super excited. As you kind of come in, we're a little bit late, a little tardy. You know, I don't like to be a minute late. But as you come in, please just drop your salam so that we can start with that barakah. We can start in the right place. This is such an exciting day for me um, just to be here at season five after four seasons to come and arrive at this culminating place, inshallah ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum, Aisha and PJ from YouTube. It's nice to see all of you guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Ascension. I've been talking about this for months, subhanAllah. Um, and I'm just excited to be here for our opening show. And we have um, an amazing show for all of you guys here today with some phenomenal guests. And um, I just wanted to come on. Walaikum salam. Hey, Inshira, Rashida, Antoinette, Benjetta, Tanji, David, Jenna. Assalamu alaikum rahmatullah. It's good to see each and every one of you guys. As you guys know, each season, we take a long time to sort of birth it. It's like in conception and then it gets birthed. Every piece of content really matters. It's created on the prayer mat and it's based on the pulse of our community. We look at what the community needs. We look at what our people need and we are constantly really intentional on this platform. Even when we're out of season, mashallah, we stay really conscious. We stay constantly thoughtful of what um, our community really needs to pivot forward. So last season, we said from heartbreak to dope, this idea of really trying to understand, you know, our condition as Black Muslims in particular. But this season, we are talking about the ascension. We are talking about pivoting forward. We are talking about growing, transcending, inshallah. We are talking about our journey to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I'm super excited about the content that you're going to see this season I want you guys to really buckle up and get ready for an amazing show. Again, I'm your host, Sabria Mills of the Dope Muslim Women's um, Podcast. I'm your humble servant here today and facilitator. And I would like to officially welcome you to season five. We are going to be opening up from a humble place with our dear beloved brother who is, um, he's been here on the show before. Yes, he be, he's been here on the show before as an artist and we're super um humbled when we open up our show from this sort of place of enlightenment. I wanted to officially introduce um, our artist that is here to open up our show tonight, Brother Tarek Ture. He is a poet and native son of West Baltimore that has produced art reaching across hearts and continents. Um, Tariq Tare's poetry and prose has been featured in award-winning publications such as Muslim Matters, Salon, Washington Post, Al Jazeera, The Nation Magazine, and Sapello Square. Torre's um, de debut collection of poetry ranked among the top in African-American poetry and literature releases in Black History Month on Amazon and was the winner of Best Poetry Book of Baltimore in 2016 by City Paper Magazine. We are super excited to have and welcome our dear brother, Tariq Tariq. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Thank you for being here. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Can everybody hear me clearly? Yes, and mashallah. And we are going to give our brother Tariq the stage, inshallah ta'ala. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Hamna yuafi ni'ma wa yukafi mazida wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahibihi wa sallam. Man tabi ayhim bi ihsani la yawmadeen. Um, it is not for me to uh, to speak um, on this platform or um, 
or of anything of that matter uh, without being given idhan permission uh, or being requested, inshallah. Um, so I'm very happy to be with you all. And um, I'll share a poem, and then you all can, can enjoy the shiuch and the sisters who are going to be talking uh, about the ascension, inshallah. How many times have we forgotten as life's lights gone dimmer that our Habib came for the sullen, the sunken, the saints and the sinners, for those among us who remain as beginners, we who recoiled, collapsed, backslid, relapsed, and still engaged in repentance, still somehow feeling like we can never be saved from a sentence, we who've trespassed and trespassed Allah's limits and found ourselves in cage after cage of dilemma. So for the lacerated lost souls that still scream in the abyss of confusion, for hearts wrought, far gone with contusions, for who win? Leave the ring of Iblis with battered eyes and bruised chin. Yet Al-Habib came for the souls that know in the race to his abode and hold only the true win. Perhaps had I truly known or knew him, or that through him is where the ruse ends, where the many idle hands of myself abusing soul lose limbs. Perhaps it was true then, when I gathered the dust of dunya between my palms for no gain, when I gathered the weapons of war against shaitan with no aim, and how foolish is he who thinks he'll make it through the dunya's wash with no stains. Time and again, I'd rather sit in agony. I guess I'm propane. And how many lifetimes are wasted in this lifetime still not seeing this nefs is no game. Most days, I'm just another moth racing to the fire's core, counting on the prophet of end times to save me from the diving board. And he's promised an ocean of mercy, but I've never laid eyes to shore. And these are tears are turning back because Lord knows what these eyes adored, what these palms have poured, what these arms have worn, what these teeth have talked, and where these feet have walked. And will we reach the ark? Does the flood of our time escape the naked eye and seep beneath the heart? Are we already drowning? Has the horn already sounded? Are we already shrouded? When Al-Adhim calls us to account and begins his accounting, will we arrive with a few decent deeds and a world's worth of maladies that amounts to a mountain? Sayanabi, remember me. I'm begging you not to leave those of us caught in this dunya's December breeze. In our souls, you may find countless parts cold. But these fragile limbs are weak. And forgive the trembled speech, but I happen to be begging your intercession through the very same lips that brought the sins to be. And when the sweat of our concern will rise to shin from feet, we ain't got no other answers. And if what rests between our chests is disease, we ain't got no other cancers. Never mind all those we made lofty plans with. What does it matter if we've gambled away the only hand we'd ever been handed? So we are hedging everything on a vast grace you have promised is everlastingly expansive. 
These same eyes that commit crimes and cry will scour the sky on that day in search of your standard. These same feet that follow the lead of a bleach will be firmly planted. These same palms will be turned in dua to Allah. And what will happen is that our Nabi will pull so many from the fire's blaze. The gods of Jahannam will be asking and they will ask him, will you leave none to be punished for their actions? Will you at least leave some to be punished for their practice? So how could we ever succumb to the sadness when this is the ultimate measure of the mercy and love he has mastered? May Allah gather our chests on a day hearts will be scattered. May Allah gather us with our Nabi on a day hearts will be scattered. And who is our Nabi? He is the Nabi of Rahmah and compassion and he will leave no soul left behind. Allahumma salli wa sallam wa barik alayhi wa ala alihi. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh wa afu minkum. Wa alaikum salam. Jazakallah khairan. Um, thank you so much for that. May Allah bless you and increase you and continue to ennoble you. I mean. I mean, mashallah, subhanallah, we, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. Mashallah, like it's uh, subhanallah. I feel extremely humbled, um, very touched uh, by such words. And inshallah, I know that it landed with you, all of you, like it landed with me. So jazakallah khairan for being here. I see all you guys. I see the love, man. I love you guys. Mashallah. The beautiful thing about this audience is that you guys never left. Even though there was like, subhanAllah, I want to say about six months between season four and season five, and everybody knows it was a little bit of a rough transition, but mashallah, the audience stayed 10 toes down. I wanted to take a moment to thank our sponsors really quickly. This season five has been brought to you by two very special sponsors. Our first sponsor of the night is Jewel of Hijab. MashaAllah, this is an amazing, amazing company that we want everybody to check out because with their hijabs, as you know, Dope Muslim Woman hijab, we, we serious about the hijab here on the Dope Muslim Woman. But this particular hijab, you know, you can wear it with no pins, no magnets. You just, it's just cover and go. That's the concept is like cover and go. Um, it's meant for uh, modesty, but it's also meant for ease. And so we want you to check that out on www.jewelofhijab.com. And inshallah, the middle of the show, we'll bring you a nice little promo to talk to you about this amazing company. But we want to thank our sponsor, Jewel of Hijab. And we also want to thank our sponsor, Jazz Handcrafted, which is an amazing company that is built by three amazing young girls um, and their parents. And it's all kinds of body products. Most people have seen me, you know, wear their products here on our lives. Um, so you want to go ahead and support them, www.jazzcrafted.com. Um, and again, this, this is actually a company where the products are made, made by three minors, three Muslim girls who have made this really natural handcrafted uh, company. So you want to go ahead and support them as well. So thank you to our sponsors, mashallah. I would like to humbly welcome our panelists to the show. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum. How are you guys doing? Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Double Soul Woman podcast, family. How are you guys? You guys doing okay tonight? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Okay. Don't look so tired. It's time to perk up, Sabria. You there? You there with me tonight? Here with me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's good to see you. Welcome back, Imam Amin. It's great to have you back for like the third time on the show. Thank you for having me. MashaAllah. We are happy to be here. 
Alhamdulillah. Welcome to the show, Sheikh Abdul Karim Yahya. It's a pleasure to have you back as well, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. It's a pleasure to be back and a pleasure to be in this company. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. And it's good to see you, Sabria. I wanted to officially welcome and introduce our amazing guests. They have kind of lengthy bios, but I want to honor them because I'm super humbled to be in such company. I said, mashallah, in my opinion, these are some of the great thinkers, thinkers of our time. And when we're talking about something about something like the ascension, ascending, growing, um, transcendence, these we really need our great thinkers, right? So subhanAllah, I wanted to go ahead and introduce, I wanted to start with my dear beloved sister, Sister Sabria Balau, who's a native of Philadelphia. She's someone who I had the pleasure of growing up in community with. Um, she's a Muslim woman who happens to also be a single mother of five children. She's the founder of Bree Bree Speaks, which is an organization that aims to educate, empower, and inspire women through life reset coaching. Sabria is also an inspirational speaker. She started her work in 2016 after experiencing a tumultuous divorce that stripped her of her faith and her will to live. It was after the experience that she decided to dedicate her life to empowering Muslim women. This experience also inspired her to write her book, Crooked Rib, Golden Soul. Sabria found her voice through her faith and is known for her line, pray about everything, worry about nothing. Thank you so much, Sabria, for being here. Thank you for having me. Um, it's a pleasure. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And uh, mashallah, Sabria was here with us with our live podcast show that we just recently had in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and yeah. she left the audience in tears. So we're super happy oh, to have you back, Sabria. I, I kept hearing about you, <laughs> you know, uh, weeks after, you know, your podcast. Yeah. I'm super oh, excited. Mashallah. We have really strong masculine energy in the room, Sabria. So I'm so glad you're here with me. So I'm getting and overpowered. <laughs> Especially, you know, yeah, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. So um, I wanted to introduce our dear brother who has been here many times. Imam Amin Muhammad is a native of Atlantic City, New Jersey, who has studied with the traditional Shuyuk from Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Syria, and Lebanon. Among the, among the Shuyuk whom he has benefited greatly, from our Sheikh Walid Al, I'm sure I'm gonna butcher some of the names. So uh, is it Rafi, Ra Rafia, Imam Ami? No? Rifai. Rifai, Sheikh Jamal Zahabi. Zahabi. Zahabi, Sheikh Samir Anas, mm. Sheikh Salahuddin Al. Adl Idlibi. Okay, Sheikh Abdullah bin Baya, Sheikh Abdullah bin Ali Basfar and others. He has studied many of the Islamic sciences such as Akita, Fiqh, Tafsir, Sirah, Hadith, and Hadith methodology. Presently, Imam Amin teaches Hadith, Fiqh, and delivers Juma Kutbar at Masjid Muhammad in Atlantic City, New Jersey. He also teaches in lectures at various mosques in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. He has been an advisor and teacher at the Mecca, M-E-C-C-A, in New York, a teacher at El Maxid in Pennsylvania, as well as other institutions across the country. Welcome back, Imam Amin, to the show. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure to join you, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. And I'm going to introduce our dear beloved Sheikh Abdul Karim Yahya, but I do think he stepped away. So if I could just ask my producer if you could remove him from the screen just for the purpose, and then when he returns, you can return it back. But I'm still going to introduce him. Um, our dear beloved Sheikh Abdul Karim Yahya, he is a core instructor of Dar al Rahma in Detroit, Michigan. He's an interpreter for um, Sheikh Habib Umar bin Hafiz, 
Born and raised in Berkeley, California, Sheikh Abdul Karim embraced Islam in the, in the late 1980s. In the mid-1990s, um, Sheikh Abdul Karim Yahya traveled to the Middle East to seek sacred knowledge. His study pursuits brought him to blessed places such as Damascus, Syria, and Tarim, Yemen. Under the tutelage of Sheikh Habib Umar bin Hafiz and the teachers of Dar al-Mustafa, Sheikh Abdul Karim Yahya primarily trained in prophetic biography, the sciences of Islamic spirituality, and law, according to the Shafi'i school of thought. He has been permitted to teach these disciplines, among others, as well as to answer questions in sacred law. And so, mashallah. So we want to welcome everybody here to the show here tonight. Mashallah. It's so good to be amongst and back around family. Um, I wanted to get right into this discussion um, with you guys tonight. You know, subhanAllah, you know, mashallah, I wanted to just share with you guys that, you know, coming up with the title for season five was really, really difficult um, because season five, four for me personally was tumultuous. And I shared this many times um, uh, on my lives as I sort of prepared to season five. When I ended season four, it was a, quite a challenge to figure out like where to go next. And I had to do a lot of prayers. And it was after Isra and Miraj where the name, the Ascension kind of came to me and this idea of really this being in this sort of spiritual awakening state and um, really sort of moving to this place where no matter what our experiences are, no matter what our challenges are, no matter what, how we are tested, we, um, subhanAllah, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can continuously choose to ascend us can we can choose we can really transcend and grow from that space and i got to see that really firsthand through my own personal experiences and i've been blessed to be able to um, share and work with so many community members who also have experienced this ascension from a bait from a place of pain um i wanted to start first and foremost and i wanted to ask um welcome back shake up the cream yaka i thought you had abandoned shit i didn't know what happened Thank you. Yeah. It's Maghrib here. I had to pray Maghrib. Oh, okay, I figured. Okay, alhamdulillah. Um, I wanted to start um, with asking a question, um, right, you know, um, with uh, Sheikh Amin Muhammad, if that's okay. I wanted to talk a little bit about this concept of betrayal. And betrayal, as I sort of looked up this definition a little bit before the show, which is considered in some definitions a violation of someone's trust, a breaking or a violation of a presumptive contract, trust, or confidence. And within our faith, we understand how important contracts are and um, trust and, and, and having trust within one another. When the believer experiences something like a betrayal of trust, how can the individual, how as believers, how first and foremost, how can we sort of be able to look at this as a believer, like adequately in the proper way, and how can we actually use this experience to pivot us closer to Allah? This idea specifically of betrayal. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulillah. I I want to answer that by going to its opposite first. Okay. Because betrayal entails that an actual trust was violated. So there is some kind of covenant, some kind of trust. Let's say there is an amana between two individuals, a trust that someone violates, so that's considered betrayal. I think the root of all of our issues 
should go back to the source of everything in existence. It's to Allah wa ta'ala. And, and I think that conversation, especially as people of faith, we need to have. What are those valid trusts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given each of us? That I need to see what are my rights? What are the things that I deserve, firstly, as a human being? And then when you're talking about in relationships between people, what are those rights? And between spouses, what are those rights? And to take ourselves out of it. Because the ultimate betrayal, first is a betrayal of the creator. And then from that, we are secondary in the betrayal, right? Mm. And I think if someone sees betrayal as betraying the rights of Allah that he has given individuals, spouses, or uh, relationships you have, I think it's easy to highlight how severe betrayal is, right? But if we just look at each other, sometimes we don't see the magnitude of betrayal. So mm -hmm. when we say, okay, I violated Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through violating a right or a covenant or a trust that Allah legislated that should be between us, now that becomes severe. And then when I think of the rights that the individual has as just being a human being and added to that a believer, now it's more severe because there's several layers of betrayal, right? Mm -hmm. And I think when we look at that as individuals, the one who's betrayed should say, you really didn't betray me. More important, I'm worrying about you to, you betrayed your Lord by infringing or violating the rights and the covenants that he gave me as a believer or as a person in a relationship with you. I'm more concerned with that betrayal than my own betrayal. My betrayal is secondary to that. And when you look at it that way in closing, you'll respond in a way that doesn't violate the rights of the one who betrayed you while addressing the issue of betrayal, right? So if you're betrayed, you don't betray mm. because you realize real betrayal for anyone is betraying Allah's rights upon us first. So I think that that way of looking at things, seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rights, covenants, and the responsibilities that's doing him first, it's easy to handle betrayal. It doesn't become personal, it becomes divine, right? That's the dressing of the betrayal becomes a divine act of worship, not personal anger or displeasure. I think we should look at that. And Allah knows best. Mm, SubhanAllah. Jazakallah Khairan. Um, that's a really powerful point. I did want to share something from one of our audience members, and um, she shared that she was heartbroken to be betrayed by someone 
or that, that she loved and trusted more than herself, especially after coming out of a tragedy of losing a wonderful husband to the cold hands of death, Some, death, something that you never anticipated. So experiencing the heartbreak of betrayal on top of grieving a loss of a spouse, subhanAllah. So may Allah make it easy for each and every one of us. But I did want to pop over you to Sheikh Abdul Kareem, um, if that's okay. And I wanted to just ask, you know, we were kind of talking about this idea of really using some of these painful experiences as a point of ascension, as a point of growth. And we know that, you know, there's no greater example than that of our beloved messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Are there specific examples that we can draw from that from the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that could help us understand how we are to really be able to look at our trials and challenges and use that as a pivot for spiritual change? Allahu Akbar. Um, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. We begin with the name of Allah, most compassionate and merciful. Praise Allah. And we send his prayers and peace, which are mercy and magnification upon his messenger, the family, the messenger, the companions, all prophets and messengers, their families, companions, Allah's angels brought near, all of his pious servants. And we ask Allah that these be upon all of us, with them and among them, by Allah's mercy. And Allah is the most merciful of the merciful. First of all, it comes in athar, in, in a tradition that an Imam al-Haddad cites. And um, many times those are attributed um, to other than Prophet Muhammad of previous prophets or the pious. That is if to quote Allah, similar to our Hadith Qudsis, I am with those whose hearts are broken for my sake. Right, so if you've been betrayed, if you're hurt, if you're downtrodden, um, those are moments of um, opportunity to be very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we understand prophets as the greatest of Allah's servants and the closest of, Allah, of Allah's servants, then understand that they experienced the greatest of trials that would break someone down, drive someone pleading to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's doorstep, um, and the Prophet Muhammad being the greatest of them, experienced immense loss, pain, hardship, betrayal, abandonment, assault, verbal abuse, um, monetary mistreatment, and as the Arabs say, and the list goes on and on, right? Um, Allah did, disconnected him from everyone and everything else and made him solely for himself. He loses his father in utero in the soundest position. He loses his mother sitting at her head when she's on her deathbed at the age of five. He's cared for by his grandfather, and Rahimahullah, until eight, and then he loses his grandfather. And in the first instant, the angels asked, Why is your prophet been made an orphan? And Allah responded, and this is quoted from some of the Imams of Ahl Bayt. It's either Ja'far or Muhammad al Bakr. And um for those that you know do this type of review, it's in Anwar al-Muhammadiyah, 
of Sheikh Yusuf and Nabahani. So the angel said, you know, your prophet is, a, is, is an orphan now. Allah said, I am a supporter for him, right? And I am a sustainer for him. And he said of Allah's care for him, Eddabani um, Rabbi, my, my Lord reared me. My Lord reared me. And they also mentioned that from the benefits of that is that no right remained uh, upon him towards any creature. So, you know, those of you that have lost parents, you have an example in your Prophet. Those of you that have lost other caregivers, you have an example in your Prophet. He grew up poor, he was overlooked. The last one chosen by the wet nurses of Banu Sa'ad. Right, that, that would come to seek um, patronage and affiliation with influential families of Quraysh. Um, they didn't want him. He was an orphan. They're poor. We're not, he was overlooked by worldly standards. Right, But he was the place of Allah's gaze, the place of Allah's concern, the place of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessing. Um, grows up, you know, becomes a, a fine young man of, as what? Um, what Imam Amin said, the opposite of betrayal and a man of Amana. And he's married to the most noble or the noblest of the women of Quraysh. And he loves her dearly. Uh, personally, one of my favorite Sahaba, Sayyidina Khadija, that our Shuyuk, because he's their grand, she's her, she is their grandfather, excuse me. She is our Shuyuk's grandfather. They call her Hubaba Khadija, right? Our great grandmother, our beloved Sayyidina Khadija. They're together for 25 years. Right, um, she supported him, helped him, heaped her money in front of him to assist his message, comforted him not just from worldly difficulties, from the immense uh, weight that he endured with a revelation descending upon his heart that would have smashed mountains. She was his support and comfort there. And then, you know, 25 years into that marriage, um, you know, she she transitions right after they've just been embargoed. To you know. 10 years into the message, they've just starved us for, for three years, perhaps due to ailments associated with that starvation. And she dies, and Abu Talib, who was his caregiver after, dies, right? Um, and then persecution of Quraysh intensifies. Persecution of Quraysh intensifies. And that was, he said, I was threatened when no one was threatened, and I was, um, I was assaulted when no one was, or I was harmed when no, no one was harmed for that. You know, and some of the details in Sirah sometimes escape us, but like he was choked, he was stoned, um, you know, filth was thrown on him. He had to watch companions <laughs> being, uh, being um, tortured right in front of him. And he's their leader. He's a steward of them all. And he had to watch that. Um, and the year of the death of Sayyidina Khadija and, and, uh, uh, and uh, Sayyidina uh, Abu Talib, he calls the the year of sorrow. He experienced sorrow. Right? We get all <laughs> get sad. Your prophet got sad. Whole year he named it the year of sadness. However, he said in another sad circumstance, the heart is sad, the eye tears, but we only say what pleases our Lord. He said that when he lost his son, he also lost all of his sons, all of his children except one died before him. Um, so then, you know, after uh, that, he goes to seek support elsewhere. Quraysh has let him down, right? The disbelievers of Quraysh have let him down. Uh, his, his caregiver and protector is now dead. So he goes to Taif, 
and he experiences the worst day of his career that he articulates and he's stoned. So how does he respond in that? He turns to Allah, right? And personally, you know, in some of my difficult circumstances, I've had to try this dua. And um, if you're broken down, you're hurt, you're at your darkest times, try this dua, the dua of Ta'if. And one of the things you see about the dua of Ta'if is there is um, what for many of us will be a reorientation. And I say for us, for him, he was always, always oriented to Allah. But you notice in the dua of Ta'if, he's just been stoned and there's no mention of them or what they did to him. He says, Allahumma ilayka eshku da'afa kuwati. O Allah, to you alone, I, I, I complain of the weakness of my strength. I complain of my um, lack of recourse, my being deemed as insignificant among people. Ya arhamar rahimin, anta arhamar rahimin, wa anta rabbul nustadafin. O most merciful, you're the most merciful, you're the Lord of the weak, right? The Lord of the downtrodden. And he starts talking, he's talking to Allah. He takes it to Allah. Those of us that got problems, and I'm going to go confess. I'm not a coach. I'm not a therapist. The details of your problem, I probably couldn't help you with it. Uh, coach Sabria knows me very well. I'll go cerebral on you. I'm going to go in my head. I'm not going to understand it. But what I can say is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala understands. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows like none other what you're going through. Talk to your Lord. Follow your prophet and follow your prophet and taking it to the one who could do something about it, who created your heart, who's your heart. Again, this is, Sheikh Amin can go on this. This must be understood that Allah doesn't look like his creation. Allah is dissimilar to his creation, but your heart is between the fingers of Ar-Rahman. He's the one who makes your heart fluctuate between states. Take your heart to him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's the one who could fix it. So he says, To who will you turn me over? To a nearest friend that will be tired of me or um, or an enemy that will have to protect me. And he actually goes back into Mecca protected by a disbeliever who never embraces Islam. Um, and then he says, but he's, I'm complaining a lot. It's hard, Ya Rabb. And then he surrenders. But as Amin, Sheikh Amin said, it's all about you though, Allah. If this is not because you're angry with me, I don't mind. But he doesn't act like he's strong. Doesn't act like I'm Mr. Spiritual. But I still need, I'm asking you for well-being, Allah. It's easier. So the incredible manners with Allah. He surrenders in the trial. But then he asks for ease um, from the trial. Um, then he seeks refuge. I seek refuge to the light of your countenance, which has illuminated all darknesses. Um, with the wor this world and the afterlife are corrected, that your anger descend upon me or your wrath. Um, And I continue to seek your pleasure until you're pleased. So that was Du'av Ta, if you could look it up, it's translated. Um, that's what he did in his darkest time. It's an excellent example for us. Uh, may Allah give us to follow him. Ameen. Forgive me for going a little long. 
I mean, Jazakallah Khairan, that was beautiful, mm. subhanAllah. Thank you for that. Um, subhanAllah, yeah, that that's the whole inspiration of this season is, um, you know, after, you know, Isra and Miraj, after kind of reading that story over and over again and just kind of feeling like I had <laughs> similar moments or moments in which I could really feel like, man, subhanAllah, this is the lowest point. And it's from that place, it's from that dark place where we can ascend. Sabria, Coach Sabria, mashallah, the other Coach Sabria in the room, mashallah, the true Coach Sabria. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, beloved. Um, subhanallah, you know, you do so much work with women, you know, mashallah, Muslim women, and you have a phenomenal book. Um, and mashallah, may Allah bless you for it. Um, I'm a big time follower of your work. You know, I wanted to really sort of you know, kind of make some things plain as it relates to some of these challenges and how these challenges begin to shift the way we look at ourselves, the way we look at other relationships. Um, I wanted to first ask you first and foremost, as a woman who really has her pulse on what's kind of happening amongst women, you know, um, like I said, we're a little, we're a little masculine dominated over here. <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> We're gonna let them run the show. No, alhamdulillah. I wanted to ask you first and foremost. You know, what do you, what do you where do you feel like women are really challenged as it relates to this I, this concept of betrayal and heartbreak? You heard a sister she shared earlier, like Subhanallah, she was betrayed by someone she trusted more than herself. Mm -hmm. You know, you often hear women that go through this; they kind of are broken into pieces in the space, like they put it all into their partner. What do you what are you finding as someone who's doing work in the community and doing work with women as some of the greatest challenges as it relates to navigating heartbreak, navigating betrayal? Hmm. Oh, that's it's multifaceted. That's a lot of layers, right? So firstly, I would say that many if not all of the women I speak to have low self-esteem and low self-worth. And uh, my job is to get them to see that bef before the husband, before the relationship, before all of that, the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deemed you worthy to be born, to be carried in the womb of your mother, to be breathed a soul and given life and brought into the world, you have purpose. And that validates you in and of itself. You don't need to be validated by the by the creation because you are were validated by the creator. So that's the first thing is to get them to fall in love with themselves and know that this, this love that I have is coming from the one who created me, you know, that Allah loves me as I am. Allah doesn't say, you know, you can get to Jannah, only the beautiful get to enter Jannah, only the people who have perfect bodies, you know, only the women who are, 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 no, it's not about the physical. It's not about what you look like. It's about the soul and the, and the character in the heart. So that's the first thing is that many women um, settle for something that they don't deserve because they don't believe that they deserve what they deserve. 
So they say, well, I'm just going to settle for this brother. You know, he sells incense, no shade to anybody who sells incense, you know, but maybe he can't provide, you know, fully, you know, maybe he um, doesn't really know, you know, the rights of that, that I have over him, the rights that he has over me. But he's interested in me, you know, he likes me, I'm going to go forward with it. My biggest issue is after that, in order to get married, you know, ideally, there's some leader involved, you know, at least it should be. So my question then is, for as far as the leadership, who's questioning these, these men and these women? You know, where are the counseling? Where's the counsel? Where is the, the sound advice? Now, I'm not saying that this isn't happening at all. Of course, but majority of the women that I talk to, when I say, "Well, you went to the imam," did any imam say, "You know, sister, this brother X, Y, and Z, you're still going to marry him"? Most of them are like, "Be patient," you know, kind of aligning with what the woman already feels about herself, you know, and using Islam as the as the weapon against the women, you know that this is a brother, he has taqwa, he's here for Jumu'ah, you know, that kind of thing. And that is one of the biggest, when we were talking about betrayals, you know, that's a betrayal in and of itself. To use Islam, you know, as a mechanism to oppress people or a way in which to fulfill a desire, you know, for someone. Because that's also taught, that's also uh, uh very much encouraged in our community just to marry, you know, fulfill desires, you don't commit zina. But are you prepared to be married? What is your emotional, your spiritual, your mental state? Aside from can you financially provide, but for both people, you know, are you really willing, are you really able rather to carry the weight of, of marriage? Marriage is not a joke. It's not something you go into saying, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll just, we'll just get divorced. I know Allah hates it, but it's permissible. No, this is a spiritual journey that if done correctly, this is a person that's going to aid you in forever in the Akira, right? So it's a very spiritual uh, journey that mm -hmm. should be talked, should be taken way more serious. And oftentimes, women are coming into Islam, right? And are, that's the first advice. You need to be married. You know, you need to be married. When are you going to get married? You know, and not working on... I mean, if we look at the Prophet Wasallam, I'm not a, 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 a scholar. I have, I have a sheikh here and the imam, you know. So I, I don't, uh, you know. But if you look at the history of Islam, the Prophet Wasallam, Tawheed, he was given Tawheed. First, before anything. Why? There's a lot of hikmah from that. But I one of the things that I personally take is that in order to obey Allah in all in all the aspects of this of this deen, you have to know Allah. And if I don't have a relationship with Allah, if I'm not in love with my Lord, if I don't have talk to him and go to him and cry to him and have this, this relationship running to prayer when I need him, then everything else is going to fall apart. 
all the aspects of my life will fall apart. So I can't be a wife. I can't be a husband. I can't be a mother, a father, anything. If I haven't first understood who Allah is. No, I deeply appreciate you. Mashallah. Um, and uh, these are the sort of conversations that contribute to us truly understanding the ascension, especially for our people. Imam Amin, uh, mashallah, I'm going to pop on over to you. Uh, mashallah, subhanAllah, like first and foremost, I always say this on my lives. Mashallah, everybody knows Imam Amin has came back, has been on here like three times, mashallah. And um, what I what I really honor and respect about you most is that you have a really great pulse on the condition of our people, Black people in particular, and the needs of us as a community. And I wanted to just ask you in general, do you feel like, you know, there's a... Um, disconnect as it relates to, um, as she mentioned, um, leadership and um, some of the specific needs as it relates to Muslim women. Do you feel like there's a disconnect first and foremost as it relates to that? And what do you see as a co the collective issue that is very specific to the Black Muslim community as it relates to some of the breakdowns in our marriages? That's like a two-part question, if that's okay with you. I say, and Sister Sabria, Coach Sabria, may Allah reward you. You really made me smile. Thank you. Uh, and you also gave me a Kevin Samuels moment. So I don't know if it's, I don't know. I don't know where the Blu-ray go. Oh, no. You just fucked me. But I'm going to let it go, though. Maybe one day we have this right. No, go ahead. But I say this. We gotta. We have to learn to have real talk. We have to stop playing the blame game as a people. We have this concept, us as a people. Let me preface this with this. Whatever the problem is of black people, it is the same problem of black Muslims. Let me preface that with that. Whatever problems black people have in general, black Muslims have in specific, Absolutely. the same problem. With that being said, women are not free of guilt, just like men are not. Everyone has to, as we say in our language, own their own sugar, honey, iced tea. That's the nice way to say it, right? Sometimes we don't want to do that. We deflect. It's the leadership's fault why I got into this bad marriage. It is my Wali's fault. It is his fault. It's never my fault. The man goes, says the same thing. Man, the sister was not all she said she was be. Okay, did you pay attention? Did you evaluate who you were marrying well? No, you just wanted to avoid Zena. You wanted to fulfill your desire, whatever. And you became a victim of your own desires. Mm -hmm. Right? Which Islam comes to help us control our desires, not rush, rush headfirst into our desires, That's which true. destroy us. Mm -hmm. So when I say, Yes, there is a responsibility for leadership. 
But as a leader, I know oftentimes women and men do whatever they want when their desires are calling. Absolutely. They don't care about what the leader says. Absolutely. We can't count the times we told somebody no and they said, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is what I want. Mm -hmm. But when it all goes wrong, they never say, yeah, I played a role in that. Right. right? So I think there's this need to start calling ourselves to account for our own bad choices. Now, with that being said, a lot of us, far too many of us in the black community, which therefore becomes the black Muslim community, have never been taught how to make proper relationship decisions. We haven't seen it, right? A lot of us are broken as an individual, not just women, men too. Yes. When you see a man who has a need to overpower a woman, that need came from somewhere. He experienced that somewhere. We never address that part. When we see a woman constantly choosing non-productive or non-committed men, she learned that from somewhere. We never address that. If you follow what I'm saying, I want to give you some, I'm a guard on the limb here. This is a hard one. Right now, I'm going through a challenge in my life, relationship challenge. Don't think the imam don't go through stuff too. We do. We're human beings, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sitting soul searching myself. First to see where I go, I don't mind criticizing myself. I'm good at that, right? But also, I gotta look at my spouse and say, where are you going wrong? That's a dual aspect. My brother says something to me. He's non-Muslim, he's my buddy. And I'm gonna make this short. He said, we grew up I didn't never pay. I was too little, so I really didn't pay attention. But I did see. He said, our father did not tolerate a woman who talks back. In his madhab, <laughs> if a woman got a foul mouth, psh, that was his madhab. Mm -hmm. I was a kid. I didn't see it. My oldest, I'm the youngest of five siblings. They saw it. I saw it, but I really didn't know what I was looking at. So I have that same, I don't necessarily going to go pow. Islam taught me better than that. But I have that same disdain for a foul-mouthed woman. So if a woman is confrontational, me and her are not going to get along. If she doesn't know her role as a woman, if it has the slight smell of being a man, we're going to be in conflict. Follow what I'm saying. If it smells closely to a man, we're going to be in a conflict. And I come from men who know how to deal with men. Do you see my point? Mm -hmm. So my attitude is not from me. 
something that I saw and I picked up without even realizing it. I didn't realize that till my brother said it to me today. Wow. He said, that's why you can't take that stuff. If she talks back, you can't take it. Because oh. dad never took that. Even though you was a four-year-old, a five-year-old, you realize women's supposed to stay in that place, whatever yeah. that place is. And guess what the society has told our women? I don't have a place. Right. I love in Islam, you have a place. You do. And your place is under the leadership of a man. That's the sunnah of Allah and his creation. And when you go outside of that, you have already, without knowing, created conflict in your relationship. Without realizing it, you've already created conflict. If you have the man that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered you to have. Right? That doesn't mean there's not going to be dispute. Does not mean there's going to be differences of opinion. But at the end of the day, if you have a situation where everybody doesn't know their role and respect their role, trust me, conflict is coming. Right? Now, the obligation for both of us is to learn our roles. Right? To figure it out and to do that excellently. For you to remind me, hey, 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 this is your role. And I remind you, hey, 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 this is your role, right? Think about this, please. Can you give me just two minutes or one minute if it's okay? Yes, no. Are you talking to me, Mammy? Yes, one more. No, minute. yeah. I don't go. This yeah. I'm going to quickly jump into my Kevin Samuels moment when you were talking, what I had. Yeah. One of his biggest things, and I don't agree with everything he says, so don't get me wrong. But one thing I do agree is for the man and the woman, we want what we're not willing to give. That's often a problem among us. I deserve this. Okay, if you deserve this, what does that deserving entail on your part? And do you rise up to that standard, right? I want a man who's going to take care of me. I want a man who's going to protect me. I want a man who's going to provide me. I want a woman who's going to listen to me. I want a woman who's going to respect me as a man, both ways, not one way. Now, the one who's saying that, do you have the qualities that's going to attract such a woman or attract such a man? Did you ever ask yourself, while you were saying your needs and your deserving things, did you ever talk about the qualifications to receive that? Right? I want to pray, but there's preconditions to prayer. You can't pray without ablution, right? Or at tayammum. But there are some things you must do for your prayer to be valid. For your relationship to be valid, there are certain things you must do. If you don't present, uh, if you don't uh, present them, or they're not present, then you're not going to get what you deserve, even if you think you deserve it, right? So you want a man to provide for you. 
Okay, good. I want to ask you something to think about, and I'll stop. If you don't obey your husband, do you know in Islam you don't deserve maintenance? People don't realize that. I want him to take care of me. If you don't obey him, and I use the word obey, that forbidden word, because that's what the Prophet told us, to obey. Hear and obey. That's not a bad word. It's a reason for that. But if you don't obey, you are in what we call new shoes. You're a disobedient spouse. What's one of the one of the results of that is that you don't deserve maintenance. He's not obligated to provide for you if you don't know listen. So did you ever consider that? You don't want to listen. We're equal. No, you're not. <laughs> right? That doesn't mean he should abuse you because there's rights. But there are certain things. Right? So I so, want us just to pay attention to all those things. That's all. I'm sorry for my Kevin saying. Yeah. No, I mean, it's appropriate for the adult Muslim woman. Jazakallah, Kaiden, thank you so much. And um, I know, Sabria, you're probably burning. I know Sheikh Abdul Karim. I'm going to bring you guys in. Um, SubhanAllah, I just have a quick question, though. Um, so, which, you know, mashallah, like, all of what Coach Sabria said, hawk. What you said, Imam Amin, hawk. But I think, and you know how I come in, I think that what we struggle with, as a community collectively. And I really appreciate you talking about our generational wounds. And you talk about the core relationship between our learned behaviors as children and how we show up here today. I really appreciate that, okay? Um, but one of the things that we really struggle with collectively is empathy. And I talked about that before. And it's this idea that, you know, like you said, as a people collectively, we're, we're struggling with some generational stuff. We're struggling with some learned behavior that hasn't always been healthy as a result of our social conditions. So there's things on both the brother side and the sister side. And I mean, Imam, I mean, you can definitely, you know, this is this is for you that, um, you know, that 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 needs to be improved. Right. And I totally agree with what you're saying. But is it since there is sort of this learned behavior, if we're looking just at like the Nisiha you gave or the input you gave as it relates to women advice don't need to be maintained. Is it possible that since there is a little bit of a generational wound and some learned behavior as it relates to just the treatment of um, women collectively due to the breakdown that happened very early on in our experiences here in this country and for sure the breakdown and the mistrust and the disrespect that black women have sort of presented to black men as well. Is it possible that people are sort of taking some of these commands that are very clear in our deen that would normally people would normally be able to process from a healthy mindset and using that as a means to sort of pivot their inner wounds and voids as a result of our social conditions? So, like you said, a, a woman that doesn't deserve um, maintenance as a result of her um, disobedience could that be something that, as Sister Coach Sabria said, be used in the realm of like? abuse or misuse as um, far as the treatment of women. And I'm just trying to make it connect from what Coach Sabria is saying and what you're presenting, Imam I mean, So we don't both lose one another's issues or the issues that we're presenting from the woman's side and the brother's side. So I'm asking you, Imam I mean, is that possible based on our social condition that some of these rulings in the absence of really understanding how to implement them with hikmah, wisdom, and in a healthy way 
could be mis be used to mistreat one another. A absolutely. Okay. And I would say this one thing with that. Absolutely. And it is misused. Because men use the religion, and this is true, we, we know. Well, sometimes we just mention our rights. That's it. Mm -hmm. We don't think about the woman. Right. That's true. It happens, right? And sometimes the, the women do that sometimes too in their way, right? Absolutely. Uh, but what I think we need, we need collective cultural healing. Mm -hmm. Collective, not individually. We need brother and sisterhood that translate into love with one another. And we need to help each other. We need to go back to a village model. We can't do it alone. We don't know I how. Agree. I agree. We need a village model. We need to say, I need to talk to Sister Sabria and her uncles or fathers or brothers, or I need to talk to you. I need to talk to Sheikh Kareem and his spouse. And we need that kind of help mm -hmm. where we come and we have, as it is said, safe space with each other. I need you. Mm. I need the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. Just having my program ain't enough. I need you too. Mm -hmm. I need Daru Rahma because I need Rahma. All of us do. Yeah. I need Coach Sabria to come deal with my brokenness. I need her to tell me how a woman really feels that the woman can't convey to me because I'm not listening. Mm. She ain't going to talk to me. She's going to talk to you. And I need you to translate that to me. Nice. But we separate and we don't use our collective power. Mm. We collectively have to restore humanity to each other. Nice. It can't be done individually. you got to learn to love each other despite and that's our faith do i love you enough as a believer none of you really have complete faith until you love each other for this you love for yourself what you love for the other you love the same thing absolutely We're missing that drastically we are. That's that's what's needed. And I think, mashallah, jazakallah khairan, Imam Amin. And we really need that amongst black women and black men. And um, I wanted to just pop over um, just really quickly because we do have to break. We're at the middle of our segment. This is really powerful. And the comments are going crazy. So I'm going to pop back over. You know, we, we got kind of in here. Shake up to Kareem. Did you have like anything that you wanted to add? And I'm also going to ask Coach Sabria, and then we're going to go to our segment break because we're like going, we're going in. And the, and the, and the audience is like, Human. <laughs> Take us a cream. Alhamdulillah. <clears throat> May Allah reward uh, Coach Sabria and um, and Sheikh Amin and yourself. Um, um, I just wanted to say that um, you know Sheikh Amin he kind of concluded with the comment that that I wanted to make, um, and May Allah guide it to be sincere that. You know, what I heard while Coach Shabria was talking um, is that we have a deep need for education. And when I say education, I don't mean um, rote memorization or retention and understanding of academic material, but I mean like the tarbiyah, um, 
transmission of the light of the revelation of the book and the sayings of Al-Habib um, as he transmitted it to the Ummah and he healed a population um, and it is for healing for populations um, that have many of the ailments that afflict us. Um, and just a little bit of the side of those of us that have to serve the community to echo what Sheikh Amin was saying, you know, um, we're trying to institute a policy and this is actually something I learned from Sheikh Amin, members of his community that reside in my community now, that, you know, if we're going to do a marriage, there has to be education beforehand. Um, and I try to decline marriages, generally speaking, and as a rule, if it's not from among two parties that we've been working with um, for the reasons that you stated. Um, but I think a more fundamental question is how many of our leaders and how many of our imams are even educated themselves or capable of delivering education? Um, you know, we have some fundamental issues that have to be addressed. One of them is the education and then also application of that. Um, and that would lead to the community cohesion that Sheikh Amin was referring to at the end. Like we have to, we need each other. We have to work together. We don't only work if that occurs. And then I just wanted to also, you know, um, I'm very new in these spaces, um, though I really enjoy speaking with people that um, have skills in mental health uh, and behavioralism and so on. It's actually one of the things I really dig. I like um, talking about the human heart and mind and soul and how it works. So I'm honored to be here. Uh, but I, I'm trying to come into these spaces, especially with our sisters holding uh, a fig leaf uh, or an olive leaf, excuse me, an olive branch. Um, so I will say that while, yes, there's mutual um, responsibility, um, according to Ali Memo Ghazali, the greater responsibility falls upon those of us that serve learning. Our uh, heedlessness is the cause of the heedlessness of the community. Um, so any of us that serves knowledge, we really have to look at ourselves. Um, and, and look at the amana that we have. And then, and I was just reviewing the verse uh, prior to this moment, absolutely yes, there is a reciprocal exchange of responsibilities to Allah towards our spouses, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did begin with the men. Right, he mentioned that the stewardship that men have over women, um, and then referred to uh, the women's role of, um, of following their husband, secondly, and then also mention that they have a similar right in goodness. So greater responsibility does fall on leadership and community servants, and greater responsibility does fall on, on husbands um, in marriages, um, but we gotta work together. Um, and you know, sometimes a husband is a knucklehead and there'll, there'll be that woman who straightens him up. Like the woman who said, I'm not gonna marry you till you make hijra. You want to go you want to go and do this and that not me Till you make hijra you can't have this you know so there are those women that will straighten out a man you know and uh may allah give us though to hold fast to the robe of allah and uh and come together and may allah uh, uh bring us together and bring healing as you mentioned i mean i mean jazakallah sabri did you want to chime in really quickly before we go to break uh yes uh, okay inshallah bismillah so Listening to both of you, um, and I didn't mean to give you a Kevin Samuels uh, moment, but for me, uh, I'm just going to be very transparent from my own experience. And what I've learned through um, my journey of uh, pain is that I know all of you have, have met someone whose uh, love of Allah is so pure 
right? And it's so authentic and so sincere that you, you, you're gravitated to them, right? And when we get to this level, I, I feel that's the level of Mohsina, right? Where I'm, I'm at a high level. And that's what we aim for, that for Islam to enter into our hearts. And when Islam enters into the heart, it softens it. So in my mind, what, what, what came to me one day, really literally while I was praying, after you know sitting in vicar and just thinking about everything and in tears, and I said, you know what? This life is really not about tit for tat. You know, it's not about your rights and my rights, and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. In every relationship, right? Marriage and parenthood and friendship is really not about that. And we have to transcend our minds, right? To think greater than that. If we focus so much on, am I, am I giving this person everything that I can and not focusing on what we're not getting, right? Because we're only going to be questioned about what we gave and what we did with, with the, the experiences that we had. And we don't have that much time with every soul that we meet. We don't know how long we're going to meet them and how long we're going to be with them. So I feel like in relationships specifically, we shouldn't be looking at, uh, it shouldn't be about rights and no rights. It should be more about, am I showing up as my best self, right? Am I giving this person all that I can give? And we should be so concerned about nafsi that you really forget that you're not getting everything. And guess what? It doesn't even matter. Because if we're at that stage, that level of faith, where we're connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah is going to give us everything we need anyway. And it will, if it's coming from him, it's going to be better than it coming from the spouse. You're going to be facilitated anyway. So instead of being concerned about, well, you're not doing this and you're not doing that and I want a kula and this and that and you're not a good wife and you're not obedient and you're not, no, 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 no. Put all that noise out. Be still with Allah and make sure that in all of your encounters, encounterings with the souls of mankind, Allah's creation, that you are doing your best. You are showing up as your best and not these little, you know, nitpicking things that I'm showing up as my best self, my best wife, my best husband, my best mother, best friend, best employee, the character. This is what the Prophet this is why he's even in the books of the non-Muslims, one of the greatest men to walk the face of the earth. Because he was so concerned about his relationship, how he was with everyone else. Everybody he talked to, he had the world on his shoulders. And if someone's coming to them about, you know, a minuscule issue, and he's so intent, he's listening to them. Yes, like the world stopped for that person. That's what we need to be with each other, right? Humanity, you know, we need to be more human and not so immature in our mindset of us. You're not for me, me, me. It doesn't matter. What matters is what are we doing with the time and space Allah has given us? Because every soul we meet, we're going to be questioned. So what are you doing with the time? Be still. Be still. And in all of that, for women, our power is in our humility. The more, hum, hum, the more uh, hum, uh, humble you are, that's your power. Mm. You're in a relationship and you're not so pleased of what he's doing, and you say, Mashallah, Habib. 
I'm gonna make dua for you. May Allah grant you this. May Allah, I'm gonna take it to Allah. Like hawla binti thalaba in 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 mujaddila in this that beautiful surah, my favorite story. What did she do? She was humble. She took it to Allah. And what did Allah do? Allah gave her everything. It was better than, than the husband giving it to her. He gave her everything. She didn't even know that she was going to be mentioned in the surah. She didn't know that thousands of years after her death, we would be telling her story. SubhanAllah. But she wasn't concerned about him. And for the men, your power is in your rahmah. Your power is in your mercy. That maybe she isn't obedient, as you said, Shaykh, amen. Maybe she isn't whatever, but she's still my sister. And Allah deemed fit for her to be with me. Allah joined us for a reason. Let me think about that and not focus on what she isn't. Maybe focus on what I'm not. Because everything you give a woman, she's going to beautify it. So if I give her some, some rahmah, what's she going to give back to me, huh? That's what we, that's how we preserve our marriages. That's how we, we break these generational curses where we're so concerned about nafsi and not what you're doing and everybody else in the world. Because we're going to leave this world. That's the concern. What's going to happen when my, I'm no longer in the physical body, when that soul is by itself mm. in front of those angels? That's what we need to be concerned about. And all the affairs of this doing it is nothing. It'll, it'll resolve itself. It'll yeah. resolve itself. And if it doesn't, Allah will give it to you in, in the next life. And that's greater. Right? That's, 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 my, that's my feeling of it. Beautiful. Jazakallah khairan, uh, Coach Sabria, mashallah. You have a... <laughs> You have our audience going wild. Alhamdulillah, thank you so much for those amazing reminders. SubhanAllah, you know, mashallah, that really kind of sums up the ascension. You know what I mean? Because it really is about going higher. SubhanAllah. Um, at this point, we're going to take a quick, quick mid-segment break. It's not really mid. We're kind of coming towards the end. We went over a bit. But I did want to take a moment to really thank our sponsors for a second, um, mashallah ta'ala. And we're going to first... Um, celebrate our sponsor here which is jewel of hijab by having you watching a quick promo so we're going to take a step away to get some water and um we ask that you watch and um support our sponsor jewel of hijab with their little dope promo we'll be back in just a second Subhanallah. That's Jewel of Hijab to really sum it up. So make sure that you go ahead and support them. Can you plug it for me one more time, Malika? Jewel of Hijab. Make sure you go follow them on Instagram now, on Facebook. Check out their website. Support them. MashaAllah, we have to keep the money funneling within our communities. Subhanallah, I look forward to getting my hijab and like wearing it right here, rocking it right here on the show, dope Muslim woman style. So Jazakallah Khaidan. Um, Subhanallah. I'm going to ask, thank you for coming back, Coach Sabria. I know Sheikh Abdul Yakyak stepped away. Um, thank you for this powerful discussion. I did want to sort of ask, um, Subhanallah, about these sort of essential principles, the principles of taqwa, tawakkul, and obedience. We talked a little bit about this, but mashallah, um, 
the believer, the ascendant believer, constantly using the principles of taqwa, God consciousness, tawakkul, and just really being um, conscious of our obedience to Allah. How are these sort of concepts that we have in our deen really beneficial in helping us navigate some of the challenges that we just discussed here on the live, especially as we relate to like issues in our relationships and issues that just stem back from some serious generational stuff. And as Imam Ami mentioned, like it really takes a collective effort to move the needle. We can sit all day on the Dope Muslim Woman podcast and talk about what the brothers ain't doing and what the sister's not doing. And, and we can even give pie in the sky solutions. But at the end of the day, you know, mashallah, we're not really being able to fulfill filled some of these voids and really rectify our condition with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us as our real medicines and being able to really understand how practically we can really implement this in our lives, then we'll continue to have these discussions 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Our children will be having these same dialogues and we don't want that. So I wanted to start with you, Imam Amin, if that's okay. How does taqwa, tawakkul, and obedience help us navigate some of these social issues and challenges? Bismillah uh, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. I want to quickly before I answer that because I had some questions that you had. Of course. And and I don't know how we. I, I, maybe I got the wrong memo, but freestyle, it, ma'am. I mean, go ahead. I want I want you to think about something, all of us. And Sister Sabria, you're hired. Whatever you were applying for, you're, you're hired. I don't know the job, but you're hired. <laughs> Excellent. May Allah reward you. I mean, you know. Uh, Allah said in the Quran, Do they not ponder and reflect on the Quran? Or mm. are the hearts locked? So mm. we all talked about hearts. Mm. Right? And this is, as Sheikh Abdul Karim mentioned, this is where the gaze of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the heart. In Allah la yanduru ila suwarikum wala ajsamikum. And Allah doesn't look at your forms and your bodies. But Allah is looking at the status of your hearts. That's right. Right. And so we should reflect. These hearts shouldn't be locked. We need to open them. And we got too many protective locks, multi-layered locks on our hearts. I can't let you hear. All of us are doing too much of that. We are protecting our hearts more than the money in Fort Knox. And we need our hearts to be open to receive from Allah or anyone else. If the heart is closed, you're not going to get anything, as Sister Sabria was mentioning. And I wanted to go into what she said quickly. Allah mentioned, and this is the relationship of men and women. Men and women, husband and wife, spouses. In Surah Arum, Surah number 30, verse number 21. This one verse, let it be our theme for tonight, especially when we're talking about relationships. Surah number 30, verse 21. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, Women ayatihi. And خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا 
وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمًا إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِكَوْمٍ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ Allah mentioned something in this verse. First, he starts by telling us this whole affair is not about us. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ From his signs. From Allah. We need to constantly keep our deaf dua and slogan in our life. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. That's not just when we did it. When we are alive, we are from Allah. Wa min from ayatihi, from his signs. His signs are in the cosmos, in the universe, in the creation, in us as individuals, in the Quran, in his revelation. There are all these signs. And we need to pay attention to them. What are among them? And خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا He created for you. We are here for each other. And خَلَقَ لَكُمْ It's for you. مِنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ From you. What that mean? We are of the same gents. We are from the same kind. We're human beings. Whatever you feel, I feel. What is in you is in me. What hurts you hurts me. What makes you happy makes me happy. And I'm in jinsikum. I'm from the same kind as you. That's a sign of Allah that he put us together because we're from the same. Azwaja, we're spouses for one another. That's the wisdom. He didn't team us up with animals or jinn. He teamed us up with human beings. Notice what I said. He didn't team us up as spouse, animals, or jinn. He made us spouses of human beings because we're the same. We share stuff. So when you start thinking, I'm hurting, yeah, so is she. I'm hurting. Yes, so is he. He feels he has a heart just like me. He's affected by the same things I'm affected. So is she. And then Allah tells us how we should deal with one another. These spouses, they're supposed to be a location of tranquility. When I'm with you, when you're with me, that's a tranquil, safe space. Do we develop those things? Where is the Sakina? Sakina is a point where everything just stops and rests. We have in Sakina our Whitney Houston moment. I'm waiting to exhale. You got me holding my breath all the time. How am I ever going to be tranquil? I'm on pins and needles with my person who I'm supposed to be at tranquility and rest. It's a problem. And the Lord is solving that problem. If you're not 
tranquil one another. You're not doing the purpose I created you for each other. There's no tranquility. Y'all missing something. Not you, not him, not her. Y'all are missing something. And then look what he says. Beautiful. Waja'ala. Bainakum mawaddatan wa rahma. Waja'ala. Ya'ni khalaqa. He created between you. That comes from Allah. What does khalaqa, ja'ala mean? He brought it from non-existence into existence. You didn't have these things before Allah gave you them. You didn't have any love and you didn't have any mercy except that Allah gave it to you. Right? So remember when that's missing, that, came, that comes from Allah, not from me. If I'm missing love and I'm missing mercy, that means you need to pray for me because Allah didn't bestow that on me because it comes from him, not come from him, not me, not you. So there is this all constant turning in our relationships for this love and mercy that we seek to the one who created it. Listen to this. Abdullah ibn Abbas, radiallahu ta'ala anhumah, he was known as the interpreter of the Quran, of all the companions. Look what he said about this. He said, Al-Mawadda, love. He says, It is the love of a man for his woman. And we can take that. That love is the love of a woman to the man as well. That's from one spouse to the other. That's love. Then he said, Ar-Rahma, what is mercy? Because Allah mentioned these two things. He said, Ar-Rahma, Shafaqatuhu alayha. His compassion for her. So that no evil, no harm afflicts her. Wow. He's looking at her, and he's the imam. He's the khalifa, as they say. So he's the qudwa. He's the modeling that, that she should emulate. So it's going to be reciprocal. He's going to ensure, because of his rahmah, his shafaqa alayha, he's going to make sure no harm reaches her. And likewise, in following that, she's going to make sure no harm reaches him. You follow? And then Allah closes the verse. Inna fi dhalika la ayatin li kawmin yatabakaroon. In that certainly is a sign, an indication for those who reflect. Mm. I think we need to consider this verse. Really, all yeah. that we need in our relationships is right there in that one verse. Mm -hmm. We understand it. And sometimes we got to turn to the Quran. Really? Yeah. Because Allah is telling us everything you're looking for is right here. And you said taqwa? That is a book, the Quran. There's no doubt in it. It's a guidance for those who have a taqwa. So taqwa? kitab wa sunnah. It is going back to the Quran and the Sunnah in all of our states.
in mm. all of our relationships, in all of our times of stillness, in all of our times of movement, go back to the book of Allah and reflect. It's telling us what to do and implement. And Allah knows best. I mean, Jazakallah khairan, Jazakallah khairan, subhanAllah. Um, Sheikh Abdul Karim Yahyaq, I wanted to ask you as it relates to um, an individual who is beginning this path, this ascending path, kind of moving beyond some of the shackles and challenges that we just discussed here. Many of us are shackled and challenges just on the basis of our relationships with one another, with one another how we can't quite get it right. How should the Muslim, the believer who is really focused in on this Quranic ayah that Imam Amin mentioned on focus in on ascending, how, what are some of the things they can do to really protect and guard the heart? I think you're muted, Sheikh Abdul Karim. Yep. Okay. Bismillah. May Allah guard the hearts. Um, Alhamdulillah, Imam al-Haddad mentions, and first of all, what do we mean by the heart? We mean you. We mean what Allah gave you, that is you. And uh, in, in more technical terms, it is a subtle matter within the human being of lordly origin, meaning it's a gift from the Lord. It is from the unseen. It is a thing by which you know the part of you to which Allah speaks, the face in which you will be resurrected. Most of the bliss of the hereafter and the opposite, Allah protect us from the opposite and grant us his good pleasure and bliss is experienced with the heart. Um, it's the place to which Allah looks. And they say a seeker, someone seeking Allah, it is his or her capital. Like someone who's in business, your capital is everything, right? What you've invested, what you have to guard. If you lose it, you're in the hole, you're in the red. Um, for a seeker, that is their heart. Um, La ilaha illallah. So enough cannot be said for the heart. And one of the great means by which we guard the heart and with which we nourish the heart which with its greatest bliss, which is to know Allah and experience Allah, is to remind our heart of Allah's observance of the heart. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, he said of that, Inna Allah la yanduru ila surikum wala ila ajsadikum walakin yanduru ila kulubikum. And that hadith is in Muslim. Allah does not look at your bodies or your pictures. You could translate it as that, your Instagram, or you could say your forms but he looks at your heart. When a believer calls to a mind and heart, Allah's observation, Allah's nearness, that he's closer to you than you are to yourself, than your own jugular vein is. And the place of his observation and his greatest concern is your heart. Um, if that state becomes strong, it is a state that um, they term muraqaba that you could translate as vigilance or you could translate it as being mindful of Allah's observation. And that um, Imam al-Haddad says you should place a screen over your heart of that state of awareness that Allah is watching it. 
So you don't allow into it anything that displeases him. Um, and to make it very, very, very plain, your thoughts are a conversation with Allah. He, subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, is, is as aware of your thoughts as he is of our exteriors and much more aware with the knowledge that is encompassing of our thoughts than we are with the own conver the, the conversations we have. So if we wouldn't allow ourselves to say blasphemous things, hateful things, ugly things, malicious things, jealous things, uh, we shouldn't um, just let ourselves run with those thoughts either. When they come, one of the, the deterrents, if we can develop that state, is to remind ourselves that Allah is observing our hearts. Um, and that's also a great key. So it's, it helps with muraqaba, and it's a great key uh, to presence. Like if you want to pray, you want to recite Quran, you want to do dhikr, reminding oneself um, that Allah is observing our hearts. And also it is a, the, the beginning of the station of Al-Ihsan, which was referenced previously, that you worship Allah as if you see him, if you do not see him, he nonetheless sees you. That second part, calling to heart and it becoming strong, that Allah observes us, that leads us closer uh, to um, the higher state of Ihsan, which is to worship him as if we see him. Um, that's going to take some work uh, and something that will help us practically is to reflect on verses of the book where Allah refer refers to this reality and hadith um, and also work at it a whole lot uh, with dhikr, recitation of the Qur'an, salah, salah the nabi istighfar, and so on. Uh, but while focusing more on being present than just what one is saying, um, and may Allah grant us that in lutf and afiyah. Ameen. Jazakallah khairan. Jazakallah khairan. That's beautiful. Subhanallah. Um, Coach Sabria, I wanted to just ask you about some recommendations now that you would have for women in general to be more intentional about this ascension, about sort of healing, navigating, continuously doing inner work. What are specific things that you think women need to hear? We need to be focused in on um, as it relates to us continuously growing, creating better relationship dynamics, moving behind, beyond some of our own personal generational wounds. What, is some rec what are some recommendations that you have specific to the, for the Muslim woman? Uh, I'm just sure. Um, first and foremost, do not play about your prayer. You know, the prayer is the beginning to change. So make sure that your day is catered towards your prayer, not the other way around. You know, make sure that's first and foremost. And talk to Allah. Let Allah be your best friend. Talk to Allah before you talk to any of his creation about, you know, rectify. He gave you this body. He gave you this soul. He gave you this. So he knows He knows you. And tell him, help me, guide me to healing myself. That's first. Secondly, you have to change the conversations you have with yourself. You're not lazy. You're not ugly. You're not too fat or too skinny or this or that. You are created by the beauty itself. And you have to tell yourself these things every day until it becomes your conversation with yourself. That I am worthy, I am beautiful, I am dignified, I, I am Muslim. Allah honored me through Islam. He honored you, he honored the women. Even if you're not Muslim, 
Allah, you still have a position with him. And he's still merciful to the creation. His, his mercy doesn't just stop because you didn't you didn't you said la ilaha illallah. He's mercy. Look at what he, the sun comes up every day. The sun doesn't come up, just come up from Muslims. It comes up from mankind. So that's first. Give yourself grace. Don't be so hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself down. You get to reset every single day. You get to reset. Yesterday, okay, I wasn't too good. Then that wasn't a good day. But guess what? I woke up today. And I'm gonna put that. That was past. That's the past is the past for a reason. Give yourself grace. Uh, control your circle. Do not have people in your circle who are who make you feel less than anything or who doubt your potential. Oh, you're going to do that? You can do that? That's a person who doesn't need to be around you. There are different types of people. You have to know where to place them. Some people are occasional. You know, they're not friends. They are occasional acquaintances where we see them maybe in a masjid in a supermarket. Hey, we can smile. We give them their rights and we keep it pushing. And there are people that you need to may need to talk to more often that protect your spirit and your soul and remind you of your worth and remind you of your creator. Those are the people you need to have. And quality over quantity. You don't need to have a, a whole squad of people. One good person is better than 10 you know, people with ill intentions. So you don't need to be around. You don't have to be around a lot of people. Um, and you are not defined by your circumstances. Everybody has a circumstance. That doesn't mean that it defines who you are. That's why I don't like to introduce myself and people say, who are you? I say, well, I'm a, a mom. I'm a lot of things before I'm a mom. And I need to own that and recognize that I have gifts and talents. I have a, a voice prior to that. I have a name. I'm not, it's not just mom. And we as women, sometimes we be, our ident identity becomes all the things that we are attached to and not who we are and our gifts and our, and our talents and the things that we're good at and the things that bring us joy. And do things that bring you joy often. You is not selfish. If you have a babysitter or you, you know, leave the, the children old enough and you go by yourself to do something for yourself. It's not selfish to say after Isha, it's sooner, the, that's the time for the parents. The children have their rights. They've been fed. They've been bathed. They've been, we prayed. We read Quran. This is my time, whether you're in a relationship or it's just you. I, I tell my children, they know after Isha, I'm going to my time. And that could be whatever it is, running a candle, zikr, read Quran, watch a show if you want to watch a show, whatever. That's your time. You have to have boundaries with your time. Mm. You cannot be everywhere for everybody all the time. You have to do things that bring you joy and peace all the time. It's not just once a year I do this retreat. No, it should be as often as you can. But I would suggest, I tell my clients, at least once a week is something for you. And that doesn't mm. mean you got to spend $50. It could be free. Nature is the best healer. I, I, lost, I remember going to um, a workshop, I believe at Ikna or Isna, and the Sheikh was saying how a lot of the medicinal uh, benefits of nature and how the mercy that Allah has given us, lavender, for example, chamomile, right? Mm -hmm. Just the beauty of the sunset. He was saying how we can heal just through a lost creation. The sounds of the birds in the morning, they're praying with us at Fajr. You hear them chirping, right? They're waking you up. 
that's that all of those are healing uh, properties holistically right we always mm-hmm. when, we, when we're sick we always want to run to a doctor the doctor is good you may at some point you may need the doctor but what did you do naturally first how did yeah. you heal yourself with just what Allah has put on his earth the earth is a is a it's here for us it's here for us to enjoy and to take in so I I advise you know to go for a walk Take a deep breath, you know, get have some rosemary and some and some lavender in the home and cleanse your soul with uh, what Allah has given us to cleanse the soul with. Take your black seed, you know, doing these things on a regular basis. Meditation after prayer, sit, be still. The prayer shouldn't be rushed like a bird. You know, you know the hadith. Y'all know the hadith when the man prayed in the Prophet something, pray like a bird. This is your conversation with the king. If you was, if, 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 if I told you that you could go to a king, any king in the world, and ask for anything you want, how much time would you spend with that king? Praying, asking for the things you wanted. What about the king? What about Al-Malik? Spend time with him. Sit with him. Pray with him. Be with him. And let him become your best friend. This is this is a, a perfect. This is what the soul wants. The soul hmm. craves the relationship with Allah, but it is a slave to you. Hmm. You are guiding it to do what it, whatever you want, but it may not be what it needs, and that's why you find you always need relief because you're not feeding your soul with what it needs. Yeah, it's you know it's obedient to you until it returns back to Allah, and it's going to tell Allah. She made me do that. I didn't want to go in, in that direction. I wanted to pray, Ya Allah. But the soul, that, the body that you put me in, they went something, did something. The, your limbs are going to speak against you. Mm. So we have to be you know, conscious of that, that our, our body, we don't want to oppress our body. And sometimes we're in pain. We don't know why. That's because we oppressed our, our limbs. We oppressed our soul. We oppressed our eyes. We oppressed our, our body. We got to give it needs relief. So this, that what what I would suggest, you know, the list of some of the things that you can do and and make sure you're intentionally putting things in your body that's going to feed it. You mean, even the foods that you eat. We don't need to be going to all these, you know, fast food restaurants. We have healthy, we should be eating foods from our home. Because all these things really play a part in your emotional, your mental, your spiritual, mm-hmm. and your physical well-being. And if you're constantly feeding your body, you know, in every way, things that it doesn't need and doesn't want, you're going to feel bad. You're going to have a, you know, your body's going to have a reaction to it. And sometimes depression is our body's physical reaction to all the re- as a result of all these other things leading up to it. Yes, indeed. Jazakallah Kairan, subhanAllah. Thank you for speaking to the hearts of all of us, um, Coach Sabria, mashallah. Um, you spoke about something. This is what I love, mashallah, about coaches, is that you spoke about, you know, subhanAllah, you mentioned going to the doctor. It's like when you go to the doctor, right, you have to be diagnosed. Everybody isn't given the same medicine. Everybody isn't always given the same prescription. There are some general, you know, healthy recommendations for the human being, but there are specific prescriptions. And what I loved about what you said is that you spoke to that generational wound that has to be addressed amongst women, which is worthiness. 
So there is a specific prescription for that. There are specific needs for that. And understanding the social condition of our people is extremely fundamentally important for anyone who's offering a prescription. And I absolutely appreciate and admire and acknowledge you for being very specific with your nasiha and addressing the specific needs of our people. May Allah bless and, and, and ennoble you for that advice. Jazakallah khairan. SubhanAllah, I'm gonna go right head back over to our brothers and mashallah, we're coming to really the end of this um, show. But I wanted to offer, I asked the same question, but this, your recommendations to men in particular, as it relates to, you know, sort of addressing the social conditions that, you know, men sort of face, what are some recommendations um, to help brothers sort of navigate, as you mentioned, Imam, I mean, past some of these maybe unhealthy learned behavior, some of these cultural norms that, you know, have contributed to the breakdown, um, that we, the breakdowns that we have as it relates to our relationships, as it has within ourselves. What are some recommendations you can offer to brothers specifically? If it's okay with you, Sheikh um, Abdul Karim, I'll start with Imam Amin, and then Sheikh Abdul Karim, you can, you can follow up right behind him. Imam Amin. Bismillah. I would say to brothers, and I don't like to speak to just one, but I'm saying brothers, but it also applies to our sisters. Stop giving yourself more importance than the creator. What do I mean by that? It ain't always about you. In fact, most of the times it's not about you. And see yourself after you see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you see that way, you see things by the light of Allah and not by the darkness of your passions. When you see things, hey, hey, hey. It's not always about me. Sometimes, if you can get beyond yourself, you can see the problems that will help you solve issues you go through. But so long as you see yourself first, all the time, you will never see the problem get solved. So as our sister, Coach Sabria, mentioned, it ain't always about your rights. It ain't always about what's being done to you. You should concentrate on what you're doing. That's important. Am I a good husband? No? Okay, that needs something I need to work on. And maybe if you spent more time on being, before you a good husband, a good Muslim brother. Before I'm a husband, I was Muslim before I was your husband, right? Let me work on being a good Muslim towards my Muslim sister. Even if that relationship doesn't last, I'm always gonna be a Muslim brother to you, always. Even if the relationship doesn't last and you have a certain right upon me as your Muslim brother. 
and I need to deal with you accordingly. All those things we got to work on. I, I just say that. Like, so my advice to our brothers, to myself as well, it ain't always about you. Stop highlighting yourself. The world doesn't revolve around you. In fact, when you look at the higher universe, you are very, 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 very small portion. One of our brothers and our teachers, he said something that a man said, do you know who I am? He said, yes, you are discarded fluid and a oh. decaying corpse. That's <laughs> a subhanAllah. Yes, you are discarded fluid and a decaying corpse. That's who you oh. are. And the only thing that makes you better than that is when you tap in to that beautiful soul that Allah put inside you to make you alive. If we can work on that, I believe that's a step to rectifying our dysfunctional relationships. It's a step because we still got to deal with the dysfunction. But how we approach the dysfunction is extremely important. And if everyone is ego tripping, if everyone's in defense mode, as my Sheikh said, this is not the war of the roses. We are a family. We have to learn to deal with one another accordingly. And even if I am being hurt, even if I am abused from either side, I want you to keep this and I'll stop. Whatever you do that Coach Sabria said in being your best self, that is a proof for you on the day of judgment. Right? That's a proof for you. Whatever harm you receive and you deal with it with patience and forbearance, that's a proof for you on the day of judgment. And whenever you come less than your best self and you transgress upon the limits of Allah and therefore the rights of others, that's a proof against you on the day of judgment. So you don't lose when you're your best self. You always win because you will never lose with Allah. So just work on being your best self, as she mentioned. And to be your best self, remember this verse. The day of judgment, where it all boils down, children, wealth, will be of no benefit. Only the one who comes to Allah with a pure heart. And Allah knows best. Ameen, Allahumma Ameen. SubhanAllah, Jazakallah Khairan. Sheikh Abdul Kareem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allah says in the book, مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ رِجَالٌ صَدَقُوا مَا عَهَدُوا اللَّهَ عَلَيْهِ فَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى نَحْبَهُ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظَرْ from the believers, there are men, there are rijal, who were true to the covenant that they made with Allah. 
from them there are those there are those who fulfilled their pledge and from them there are those who are still waiting and they've not changed whatsoever there is a need um for and I, and and I and and to um uh, respond directly to the request um I like speaking just to brothers and we are in a, a group audience but brothers we have to um to work at um embodying the virtues that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us in the book on the tongue of his messenger, the messenger and the companions demonstrated it, and we have to take responsibility. Um, we have a need to um, for remedial, remedial rearing and training uh, among the men of our community. Um, you know, historically, perhaps we could say in Africa, Muslim lands, traditional societies, a young man would have been graduated from, you know, an adolescence to adulthood and manhood and responsibility, and that um, that chain in many cases has been broken for us and handicapped for us. And we have a lot of um, our males that aren't men. Uh, we're not men. We're juveniles. Um, and I'm not saying that to insult anyone, but um, we have to take responsibility, um, and we have to aspire, uh, following the prophet. Um, and what was revealed upon him to be those men that are true to their covenant with Allah, um, who fulfill their pledge and do not change and await to make the ultimate sacrifice in that. Um, that is the way of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that has been taught historically um, in, in Muslim education under a concept that is called futuwa or other concepts, tadib and what have you. Futuwa is for a servant to constantly be exerting himself in the service of others. Um, and my advice to the brothers is uh, to, to aspire um, and find teachers and find mentors and find brothers and also find young men to work with, to aspire to be those men that are like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger, that are constantly serving in their community, constantly being productive in their community, constantly giving. From the meanings of Futuwa is to give what's due from you and not demand what's for you. From the meanings of Futuwa is to be a plaintiff for Allah against one's own lower self. From the meanings of Futuwa is to be someone who has no complaint against anyone. Right? And the only one who's ultimately like that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger. He's the only one who truly attains Futuwa, um, which you could say, to make it plain, absolute selflessness. Because everyone, even the greatest messengers on Yom Al-Qiyamah, will say nefsi, nefsi, or salam, salam. Myself, myself, oh Allah, give me safety, safety. And what will Prophet Muhammad say? Ummati, ummati. He is our, um, our role model. And brothers, we are the responsible parties. Like, And again, sisters, alhamdulillah, we're here with you, but you asked me to speak to brothers. Brothers, we are responsible. We need to take responsibility for our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our covenant, our following the sunnah, our learning, our acquisition of the requisite um, monetary and other resources in order to do what? Serve our communities and first and foremost to serve at least one woman. Brothers, support at least one woman, whether that is your wife, whether that is your mother, whether that is your daughter, whether that is your sister. Your paycheck shouldn't be in your drip. It shouldn't be in your automobile. It shouldn't be in all of the things that you want that gratify your own damn appetites. It should be 
First of all, serving Allah in your monetary obligations and from the foremost of them are your dependents. Right? That's masculinity. I, you care for the women that are under your charge. And if you have, and make, make that money, brothers, get that money, keep it in your hands. Like I like Sheikh Amin said, it's supposed to be the dunya is in your hand, not in your heart. Take that in your hand, not in your heart, and not all of it in your damn sneakers either. And I will say that. Some of it needs to be in a roof over a woman's head, in her utilities, in her food, in the transportation for the family, on the backs of our children, and then work damn hard because we got hard work to do. Some of it should be in our communities being built. You know, and, and frankly, among our people, you know, Frank, forget those who are oppressing us. And I'm not saying that oppression is wrong, but we need to just own our own responsibility and build. And, you know, th they're probably not going to give us nothing. They're probably never going to take their, 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 their foots off our necks. However, if they defeat us so that they're, we're not rearing a generation that's capable of taking care of our women folk and our communities, that has really defeated us. Um, so let that be our focus. And again, and, and I, don't, I don't say that to disparage anyone, you know, and this is something that actually Coach Sabria and I, we went back and forth on. I, I never criticized leadership in front of followership, right? You know, so I'm not saying, I'm not speaking to the men in front of the women to put the men down. I'm saying you are the leadership, rise up and be leaders, right? And may Allah grant us to do that and, and, and be of those who follow the messenger. Um, and excuse me uh, if I've gone wrong. I mean, I mean, Jazakallah Khairan. Um, you know, you see the Sheikh got multi, multiple sides, subhanAllah. So, um, alhamdulillah, Jazakallah Khairan, I really appreciate that. And the Siha, I think um, I'm hearing that from the audience. And mashallah, I mean, subhanAllah, this was such a layered dialogue. Um, I was telling, you know, one of my beloved family one, members, I'm overwhelmed, mashallah, because Subhanallah, uh, you know, you can intend to, you know, create some sort of content, but it's, you know, mashallah, who Allah manifests to come and birth the, truly birth the content and bring it to life. And I deeply appreciate, you know, I deeply appreciate each and every one of you guys. I consider you guys family members. Sabria, Coach Sabria, I mean, we were kids. I mean, I'm, a, I'm younger than Sabria. So she was, I mean, didn't you babysat me at some point? I remember being over your house. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, this is... <laughs> I think so, right? I was there too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, our fathers, our fathers have been yes. friends and working together way before, you know, mashallah was in existence. So, you know, mashallah, like that's that's you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he's so merciful. So I'm just so honored and humbled, Sabria, to share this space with you and to be in this space, just working collectively as coaches and just the work that you do and that you're still out mm -hmm. there in Philly rocking it out. I, I deeply love you as someone who, you know, I, I just knew growing up and, and just, you know, see blossom into this person today. May Allah bless you. And you, same to you. May Allah bless you as well. Hungry enough for this platform to open up conversations like this, you know, and for, to help people, you know, people need the guidance and to be stared, you know, in, in a positive direction. So Alhamdulillah, Jazakumullah Khair for you. And, and the invitation uh, is my honor. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Sabria. Jazakallah khairan. And I want to just humbly thank um, Imam Amin. Mashallah. Thank you for always coming in, on, on the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. Thank you for all, always for the collaboration. 
mashallah, and, and just for always being unapologetically honest, because our community absolutely needs that. We need these raw conversations. We need these conversations that are not always politically correct. That's how we heal. But you lead it with love. May, may, may we all follow your example. May our communities all follow mm -hmm. your example, mashallah. Um, I deeply appreciate um, you being on the show, um, Sheikh um, Amin. Jazakallah khairan. I thank you for the invitation. Uh, you know, I, for me, honestly, and, and, and I agree with Sheikh Abdul Karim and Coach Sabria, we have a lot of work to do as a people. Please love each other. Yeah. Uh, this, to me, this is the key. Learn to love one another. We've been abused enough. Let's not keep abusing ourselves because we refuse to love ourselves. Hmm. I want to share something about this quickly. Five seconds. Sure. <laughs> I have this concept. I got to put a selfish plug, right? You know, I teach books as well as Sheikh Abdul Karim. So I sell the books I teach. So one of the students called me today. He don't mind. So no, y'all don't know who he is. I know who he is. So he shouldn't take it personal. He sent me a message. He said, I ordered this book. But I had to go to Amazon for this other book. I had to go to Amazon for the other book because it wasn't on your site. I said, no, you didn't have to go to Amazon. You wanted to go to Amazon. You could have asked me first and to see if I could get the book for you first and then go to Amazon. I said, but what happens, your desire overpowered your thought process oh. for us we can love one another by supporting one another if we don't let our desires to get whatever we want overpower our intellects of the importance of supporting and working together if you follow my point so if i'm going to look for a coach and i know i got the two sisters who do this i'm not going to no one else before i come to you first yeah. i'm going to talk to you first right put me in contact with this sister we got this issue where she's good at mm -hmm. and if she tells me i can't help you she should recommend to me someone who can right and this way we keep healing each other keep supporting keep each other you, you follow my point Mm -hmm. I do. It's a concept black people need to learn mm -hmm. and black Muslims in specific need to learn that we will lose if it's not us together. Mm. We're going to lose. Hold on to the rope of Allah together. And don't separate. Mm. These what these platforms do. They give us a space that we can be together Amen. and we need to maintain it and support it with all our energy and love. May Allah make it successful. Amen. Thank you so much. And Sheikh Abdul Karim, thank you so much for being here. And thank you for being such a um, voice for season five and helping direct. So I don't go too far left, but you know, my stuff here, my content, mashallah, keeping it right there in the middle. So I deeply appreciate all of that you poured into helping this ascension being born. Jazakallah Khaidan for being here on the show. Alhamdulillah.
it's an honor and a pleasure. And um, I'm always honored to be in Sheikh Amin's company, your company, Coach Sabria. Um, it's very nice to work with you if it's uh, not the first time, uh, this additional time or for the first time. And um, and just may Allah reward Sheikh Amin by, you know, so often leading by example. Allahu Akbar. I like, I like ending on that love. And that may Allah bless this love, bring us together, mm -hmm. love one another for his sake, and mm -hmm. supporting one another and sacrificing for his sake and keep us together um, and give us to love for each other what we love for ourselves and even better. Thank you to the audience members. You guys are phenomenal. You guys showed up. Your conversation, you're never apologetic. You're always honest. And that's exactly what we need. But you always lead with adab good character, you treat each other well, mashallah, and that's just the example of this platform. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. I wanted to once again thank our beloved sponsors. First of all, I wanna thank and shout out Malika, our producer, who works super hard behind the scenes, who's doing all this. I'm just over here just sitting talking, okay? It's Malika that's handling the show. Um, we're gonna plug, okay, Sabria. I'm gonna go ahead and shout her out. Sabria Bilal, this is her IG. Go follow her, Bree Bree Speaks. This is her website, BreeBreeSpeaks.com. Support our dear sister. Again, we collectively do this work together. There's no, we don't believe in any type of competition over sisterhood. We support one another, so go ahead and support her. Then we have our beloved Sheikh Abdul Karim Yahya, who actively teaches every day, sometimes multiple times a, a day, and often say, like, after you come here, you know, get a little woke. You need to go over to Dar al and Masjid uh, Muhammad with Sheikh Abdul Karim Yahya and Imam um, I mean, but um, Sheikh Dara Rahma, this is their Facebook page. If you could take it down, go follow it now. Instagram, follow it now. This is their YouTube. They, he streams live and teaches classes on Facebook and YouTube. And again, this is where you really get that spiritual, spiritual work. So again, this is just your first stop. I always say this. This is your first stop on your journey. This is the awareness center. This is a place for the person who's super broken, who's super lost, who just doesn't know, don't know where to turn. You come here, you get a little woke, but then you go to our beloved scholars who can really sort of kind of cultivate and, and help you really truly ascend. SubhanAllah. And then we have our beloved Imam Amin, um, Masjid Muhammad of Atlantic City. This is a Facebook, and I know for a fact there's teachings and classes streamed daily. And mashallah, I just want to say, like, our scholars, subhanAllah, they, they, they do this active work and they stream it publicly. They don't really ask for much. We want to make sure we support these institutions, their seminaries, their teaching sacred knowledge. That Traditionally, you would have to go and travel and, and, and spend an immense amount of money and investment to be able to even get a drip of what they offer. And they're able to stream this daily. So um, Master Muhammad of Atlantic City, Facebook, please follow it, YouTube. Again, there are classes that are going on all the time. And again, again, you don't stop at the Dope Muslim Woman. You head right on over to them. MashaAllah. Jazakallah Kainan. Thank you to our beloved sponsors. Once again, Jewel of Hijab. We want to thank you so much for sponsoring the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. Please make sure you follow them and buy, purchase the hijab as well as our amazing sponsor, Jazz Handcrafted Body Products. I personally use their body products, their exfoliants, their soaps, all of that. It's absolutely amazing. So make sure you go ahead and support that. And last but not least, make sure you pop over to the dopemuslimwomanpodcast.com, okay? Because that's where you can get all of our dope gear, all of our products. We have everything that you could ever want, you know, branded here, whether it's a mug, whether it's a, you know, uh, a bag. But go ahead and purchase 
um, items. We don't typically collect donations. We just don't do that. But we ask that you purchase products and that comes right back into this content that you see week after week. You could also sign up for coaching, our courses. Everything's on dopemuslimwoman.com, inshallah. Jazakallah, Kaiden. I love you guys rad radically. And my dear beloved colleague, uh, Jermaine, uh, who runs the good vibes with the good brothers said after you do after you log on adult muslim woman then after you head on over to dar rahma and Masjid muhammad you're gonna head on over to good vibes with the good brothers that's for sure inshallah <laughs> jazakallah kaiden we come back in two weeks with this amazing conversation and podcast called why i don't want to get married and we have a lot of our youth imams and dear sheikh and sabria that are saying we don't what y'all talking about here, what y'all been doing, we don't want no parts of it. And these mm. are our Muslim young people that are saying that we don't want to get married. So in two weeks, we're coming back with one of the biggest issues of our time, an epidemic of singlehood and by choice, people deciding that they rather not be uh, participate in marriage because mm. it's, it's not a place that um, they feel like offers them much in this day and age. So wait. Just wait for that conversation. Come back in two weeks, Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Inshallah, Jazakallah, Kairan. I love you guys radically. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you so much for coming back every single season. Jazakallah, Kairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullah.